0: We have been in a series uh, this entire month that we have entitled An Invitation to the Divine. And we've been talking about how good that God is to us by not only providing the gospel and and Jesus to us to be our Savior, but but Jesus revealed to us that, that, that as he was going to go away, that he was not going to leave us on our own, but that he was going to provide for us another, just like himself, another comforter, a counselor, we learned over the last couple of weeks, an advocate, one who stands for us and with us. And it's the ministry and the power of the Holy Spirit. And we've been talking about the different aspects of, of what the Holy Spirit can do in the life of, of a believer, or maybe the, the work that he has for those that are that are searching and seeking today. And I want to continue that today to talk about the power of the Holy Spirit that is available for our lives. Now, I imagine for some of you that maybe live in a newer house, um, uh, or that has been built in the last number of years that you may or may not realize what I hold in my hand today. But uh, but a lot of newer houses, especially around your kitchen or around your bathrooms, usually have these kind of receptacles. They're known as GFCIs. And and what that simply means is, is that they help interrupt. If wherever there is a, a source of electricity and water, uh, where they have an opportunity maybe to, to come together that that over the time they've realized that they create these circuit receptors that that if that would ever be the case that really almost in a millisecond these things have the ability to turn off the power so that you and I wouldn't experience either a really good shock or maybe even something really worse than that it interrupts the the power that that we realize that that surges through our house I know that when we talk about electricity that it's one of those things because we can't see it, it's hard for us to, to fully imagine its power or what it can do. And sometimes we've been on the bad side, right, of some electrical issues in our house. Anybody kind of raise your hand a little bit, right? If you're a DIYer, you know, around your home, there's a lot of things that, that I'm pretty brave at trying to attempt, but when it comes to electricity, uh, those are one of the things, man, I'm, I'm just really, really nervous about. In fact, talking about Pastor Bailey, he, uh, he called me maybe two weeks ago, um, they didn't have any hot water uh, in their house, it, it just, it kind of failed, and so he was kind of deducing that there might be an issue with his hot water tank, and he called me, he's like, do you, do you know anything about, uh, you know, uh, your hot, hot water tank, you know how, where? I'm like, listen, like, I just tell you what I do whenever there's a problem in my house. I called Joe Petrusiewicz, all right? So that's 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 all you need to know. And um, and so he called Joe and uh, Joe was in the middle of doing a job or working or something. And uh, he said, well, you gotta check to make sure if it's getting power. And he said, Do you have a multimeter? And Bailey's like, yeah. He said, well, just kind of figure out, is it getting power? So he's like, all right. So he hung up with Joe and he called me right back. He said, Joe said, to find out with a multimeter. He said, "I have a multimeter." He asked him, "Do you have one?" I said, "Yes, I have one." He said, "Do you know how to use it?" I said, "Absolutely not. I have no idea how to use it." And Bailey said, "I don't either." Um, what are we going to do?" I'm like we're just gonna wait till Joe shows up. That's all we're gonna do, cause we're not touching anything with that electric. And I don't like—I have no idea, like, what to do about that. And here's what I've come to find out: that sometimes what we don't know about something can cause us great concern or make us hesitant. How many understand? Like, I, like, there's a lot of projects I can do around my house, but somehow my brain just can't figure out electricity and I get really hesitant. And so a lot of times I just stay away knowing that there is power there. And when we read in scripture, the story that Jesus shared with his disciples is that there was going to be power that was going to be available for them in a In a bigger way than they had ever experienced in these three years that they had walked with him in fact jesus told them i don't want you to leave i don't want you to go and do anything unless you are filled with the power that the holy spirit is going to make available to you this is what he said in luke chapter 24. he said i'm going to send to you what my father had promised so stay in the city until you have been clothed with this power from on high now last week if you were here with me we talked about the power of a promise that the father was going to promise the disciples the power of the holy spirit and today i want to talk to you about the promise of the power that that we know that jesus told his followers and that same promise is available to you and i that the Father has something for you and I in the midst of our life as a follower of Jesus Christ that has that come to us to help us in the calling that he has for us as a believer and as a church. What Jesus was sharing with his disciples is something that we know as the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And I recognize that there might be a a number of different groups of people here. Some that you have experienced, the power that, that Jesus promised to his followers and for those of us that know him, this power of the Holy Spirit. He said, Pastor, I've experienced that. I've I've sought after that and I've experienced that. Some of you have maybe heard about it but that's as far as it's gone. You don't know that much and there are some of you maybe you don't know anything about this promise of power that Jesus talked to his followers about that Paul expanded on throughout Romans and Corinthians and throughout the rest of the New Testament that was such an insight for the New Testament church. And so I recognize today, for some of you that might be not fully up to speed, that we realize that Jesus taught about it. We're going to read some more. That Jesus filled a lot of the gospel about this promise of the Holy Spirit, that Paul invoked much of it for the beginnings of the early church today. So we can be assured that it is nothing to be afraid of, that what we don't know, this power, because we know that it comes from God. And so that we can have this assurance that there is something big that God has for us and something that I need to accept an invitation to know more or to experience this power of the Holy Spirit. You see, chances are, if we're unsure maybe about the power of the Holy Spirit, maybe someone told you uh, to be afraid of it. It's, it's big, it's powerful, it's explosive, and you need to be careful. Some maybe feel like, well, it was for then and, and not for today, or maybe it's just the thought that, well, it's, it's not needed. And so maybe if that's kind of where you're at in this process, then I'm glad that you're here today. Because I think that for every one of us as a believer, that, that none of those are true. That, that God has the power of the Holy Spirit available for every believer. It wasn't just available for then, it's available for today. It's nothing to be afraid of. If Jesus told his followers, listen, I don't want you to leave the city without it, you're going to need it. How many believe then that should probably be a good thing for our life? That, that Jesus is, again, instructing him and for us today, listen, I've got something for you today. It's an, in, an invitation into the divine and the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. So let me kind of share a little bit of what Jesus was sharing with the early church this morning. In John chapter 14, we hear about this, again, promise of the power of God made available to the believer and to the church through the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Jesus said this, if you love me, you will obey what I command. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another counselor, another advocate, and if you were here a couple of weeks ago, that's the same word that that Jesus. Not not the same of another kind, the same of the same kind. That that we realize the Holy Spirit as part of the Godhead, it gives us the same power and understanding of what Jesus was giving to them as well. He is the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him, right, the spirit of God, or knows him. But you know him. So again, as the disciples were spending ministry time with Jesus, they recognized that, that the Bible tells us in Colossians that the fullness of the Godhead dwelled bodily in Jesus. That he emanated the presence of his Father to do the will of the Father. And it was the power of the Spirit that was at work in him as well. And so the disciples, you knew the Holy Spirit and, and his presence in this. He lives within you, but soon he will be in you. So Jesus was telling his followers, you've experienced the Holy Spirit. You know him. You know his work and what he is about to do, that that he lives with you. But soon, as I am going to go away and I am going to send him to you, he will now live within you. There is going to be a new dimension that Jesus' followers are going to have the opportunity to step into. And we read about that, we will read about that today. He goes on just a couple of chapters later in chapter 16. I tell you, it is good that I am going to go away because unless I go away, the advocate, the Holy Spirit will not come. I, I will send him then to you. And there's a couple of roles that the Holy Spirit plays for those that don't know Jesus and for those of us that do know Jesus. And Jesus said, when he comes, he is going to prove the world to be wrong in relation to sin, righteousness, and judgment. About sin, because people do not choose to believe in me. About righteousness, because I am going to the Father where you will see me no longer. And about judgment, because the prince of this world now stands condemned, that I have come to set the record straight. And then he said, but for those of you that do know and believe, this spirit of truth, this Holy Spirit, when he comes, he is here to guide us into all truth. He will not speak of his own. So this is good for you and I that, that know Jesus. This is good to understand what the work of the Holy Spirit can do in our lives today. But he will only speak of what he hears, what, what is being directed from heaven. And he will tell you what is yet to come. How amazing that God gives us insight. We recognize that we are living uh, in a very precarious moment, not just a a precarious time, but a moment in time where many of you are seeing uh, an explosion uh, through social media or communication about the question of what in the world is going on right now. And you're hearing about end times and you're hearing about maybe rapture or you're hearing obviously about what's happening about the nation of Israel in light of biblical prophecy. And Jesus said that it will be the spirit of truth that will give us insight even into what is about to come. And so when you hear about this invitation to the divine, about stepping in more to hear the message of the Holy Spirit, there is no more important time than we probably have lived our lives, than where we are living right now. And, and listen, not only to be so much concerned about, God, what are you doing in the world, but maybe even more, God, what do you need to do in me in recognizing in what is still happening in the world around us today? Jesus said, he will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what then he will make known to you. So let me just kind of surmise that quickly. In those verses that the work of the Holy Spirit to those that are lost, to the sinner, it says that he is going to convict the world of guilt in regard to sin, to righteousness, and to judgment. In the sense of sin that man's unbelief of what why jesus came that that jesus is not at the forefront but that somehow we've just regulated him to the to the back room and the bible says that the holy spirit is going to cause us to be in judgment over that that what have we done with jesus what have we done with the gospel he said by way of righteousness that jesus was the truth that god's only way to be redeemed is through what Christ has done for us on the cross. And ultimately, for those that reject the work that Christ has come to do, that we will face judgment, just as the devil had for his rebellion about not following the plan of God. And so that will be passed down to you and I as well. But as much as there is bad news that Jesus wanted his followers and you and I to know that there is good news about what the Holy Spirit does for those of us that accept what Christ has done for us. It says, first of all, he's going to guide us into all truth. The fact is, is that we can know what the truth is because the Bible says that the Holy Spirit is truth. Somebody say amen with me today. That he is truth, that we don't have to be lost, we don't have to question, we don't have to be in wonder, we don't have to know everything, we know that God provides for us truth. He is also an ambassador. In fact, Jesus said he won't speak on his own, he speaks what he knows, what, what I have revealed, and he continually, continually helps to point us to Christ. That, that he is a, a reflection of heaven to you and I about what God wants to do in and through us. And then he helps us, again, to make everything available of what Christ has done for us to put in us. And so as believers of Christ, we recognize that we do have an Advocate that we have a friend, we have a partner from heaven that desires to make known the truth of heaven, the power of heaven for our life and to let that be used for the glory of God in which we are living today. So it is the Holy Spirit that enables God's power. Again, it's under It's under the control of heaven. It's under the control of the Holy Spirit. It's this power that we don't have to be afraid of, that that although we don't see the Holy Spirit, he is spirit, right? But we can experience that, not to be afraid, but to understand that it is always under the control of heaven, to bring benefit to your life, to help us to be an advocate to the world, to help them know the truth. Listen, if there is any more time that we need the power of the Holy Spirit to be bold, to know the The truth of Scripture to help people to answer the question what in the world is going on then it should not only be the church of God but it should be the people of God that has a word in season to let us know that this chaos and trauma that is going on in the world is getting the world prepared for the coming of Christ again And it is the power of God that we need to be filled with so that we have a testimony, so that we have the knowledge of the word of God to have a word for those that are wondering what is happening in our world today. So we take the power of the Holy Spirit, his truth, his His power, his initiative, right? For maximum benefit for the world and for the ministry of the church. I would say today that I think that we all appreciate the benefit of electricity, right, in our homes or in our settings, as long as it is controlled. We recognize anything that is out of control is something that we have cause and concern for. Electricity that becomes out of control, right, would bring fear would bring challenge to us how many have a dog that at times is out of control right not a pleasant experience anybody ever have a kid that is out of control at some point right not a pleasant experience so we know that no matter what it is when it's out of control it it causes great concern and i think when people have maybe heard about or Try to understand what this power of God is by the Holy Spirit. Maybe you have heard or maybe you have seen what you would surmise as God's power being out of control. And the Bible does not teach that. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit is is an advocate, that he is a friend, that he is controlled, that, that, that we might have a wrong reaction to that, but that does not precipitate who the Holy Spirit is in our life. So I wanna talk to you a little bit more today to help you to understand and and hopefully invite and, and to step into this promise of the power of the Holy Spirit today. So God's plan for the power for the believer was this, that Jesus clearly stated that he would be going away and that as he would go away, that he would send to the church, send to the believer the Holy Spirit with this special endowment, with the power of God that could be within us. you read, We read in John chapter 16 that the disciples had the Spirit of God with them, but soon, again, don't leave the city because you are going to be endued with power from on high. So you, the Spirit has been with you, but soon he is going to be in you in a new and a dynamic way. So it wasn't going to be for salvation, that's why Jesus came, right? That's why our hope is in Him and Him alone. But once we come to know Christ, we realize that we don't sit on the sidelines, we get into the battlefield, right? We, we have a mission, we have a calling in our life, and we don't have to do that on our own strength. The Bible says that God gives to us the power of the Holy Spirit to help us. And so the coming of the power of the Holy Spirit is not for salvation. It happens after salvation. But what it does, it provides power for our Christian living. It keeps the message of Christ alive in our life. It helps build the church and it enables spiritual giftings that become available to the church and to the body as well. Paul talks extensively about that in Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 12 and 13 and 14, that these gifts were given to the church, the power to do miracles and healings and faith and all of these things made available by the power of the Holy Spirit that can be alive and at work in the life of the church. And Jesus told them, it is so important for you that I don't want you to leave the city until you are endued with the power Of the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 1 verse 4 it says this on this occasion while he was eating with his disciples he gave them this command how many realize today it doesn't say he gave them this suggestion does anybody know the difference between a suggestion and a command? right so we realize that this was something really important that Jesus wanted the disciples you can't leave and I'm telling you this is not a suggestion this is a command Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift that my Father has promised to you. We read that in John chapter 14 and John chapter 16. Again, Jesus reiterates it here in Acts chapter 1, that you are about to be endued with power from on high. It will be strategic. It will be of the utmost importance in what your job will be doing as a follower and as a believer in what is to come. So you have heard me say, it was John who baptized in water, but in a few days, some translations say it this way, you will be baptized in the Holy Spirit, or you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit and with fire. So Jesus was explaining to his disciples, this will be unlike anything that you have received in this moment. That there is going to be something that the power of God's Spirit is going to do in and through you. Jesus, listen, did not tell the disciples to fear the power. Hello? He told them to wait for it and to receive it. In fact, we read throughout Acts that there were those that as Peter and John and Paul and Barnabas and Silas and others were sent out as missionaries when they would come into a town, and we'll read some of it today and next week. One of their questions to the church and to the people, have you received the power since you have accepted Christ in your life. Have you received this power of the Holy Spirit? It was a drive of the New Testament church to realize that God's power is available to you, uh, that that you should not be living without it. You should not be doing church without it. You should not be uh, being out into the world as a follower, as a believer of Christ without it. It is that important in our life. Jesus told them to wait and to receive. The plan of the power, again, was not just for a personal experience. Let me kind of do whatever I want to do with it. No, it is the power of the Holy Spirit that he makes available to us. And he helps to guide and to direct and for us to do the power so that we can spread the message of Christ until he comes. Listen, as much as you are hearing about in what is happening in the world, as I mentioned a moment ago, a lot of this is leading to what you will hear about the prophetic calendar about what, what is coming next. And we know that the next event that the Bible talks about is Jesus coming back by way of the rapture, about, about taking God's people to be with him. That, that there, there is nothing else, that all of the things that are lining up around the Middle East is propagating us to recognize that our redemption is drawing nigh. And the work of the Holy Spirit for you and I, the purpose or the plan of the power was for them then and for us today to help us spread the message of christ until he comes listen the the disciples had what they thought was going to happen very shortly in their life but we recognize it it hasn't and, it, and it's still now these prophetic events are coming to play even more and more in our lifetime that in the same challenge that Jesus gave to his followers is the challenge that you and I have to undertake as well. Listen, if you don't know what is happening, if you don't know what is happening in the world, then you need to you need to educate yourself in one sense, but you need to be praying for the power of the Holy Spirit that if nothing else, when people ask you, is to say, listen, you need to get ready. Because time is happening the, the, the prophetic timeline is happening before our very eyes uh, like like has never happened thus far in our world today. Will something happen today, tomorrow, a, a week from now, a year from now? I don't know, but I think you can be aware with me today. We are closer today than we ever have been before that the clock is ticking and we are in the midst of what is happening today. And so it is so necessary for you and I to take the power of the Holy Spirit and allow it to be used in us to help ready the church and those around us to be ready for the second coming of Christ. Now a lot of people wonder, Pastor, can we do ministry? Can it, How necessary is this baptism in the Holy Spirit, this power? Well obviously that we can do the work of the ministry without it right but jesus again his affirmation to the disciples is is that i don't want you to do it without it that there is this power that i am going to make available to you that doesn't make you any better it just empowers you even more in the moment That the Spirit, again, hears from heaven. So again, we talked about wherever you are in your everyday life, that there might be a moment that you might miss, that when we are being open to the Holy Spirit, can I tell you, the Holy Spirit never misses a moment. Right? And so when we are filled with the power of God's Spirit and this special endowment of power, if we might tend to wanna to miss a moment, can I tell you, the Holy Spirit is not gonna miss that moment, and He's gonna prompt you, right? This is something that you need to be ready for. This is a word you need to say. This is a prayer you need to pray. This is a, a gifting that you need to operate in right now. Why? Because the Holy Spirit never misses a moment. And that's why, again, Jesus implored his disciples, this command, you can't leave home without it. And I would say for you and I in your everyday life, you might have your lunch bucket with you or you might have whatever you need to go to work, but there's something else you need to take with you every morning and that is the power of the Holy Spirit. He needs to be clothed in you. Again, the the disciples had the, the Spirit of God with them, right? And, and again, can we, can we operate with the Spirit of God being with us? Absolutely. But Jesus said, I want you to wait because the Spirit of God is going to come in you with this special enduement of power. And so in the same way, that same opportunity for you and I to step into that. Maybe I could ask you a question this morning today. We realize that if we wanted to take the message of the gospel, maybe around the world or from place to place, we know that there are a lot of ways in which that could happen right if if we go back just even a hundred years we recognize that one of the fastest ways to take the message from the east coast to the west coast i'll show you a picture of this was this the pony express they they shortened the time to take a letter from Missouri to San Francisco uh, what would take a train still weeks that these riders were almost doing in hours. And some of you know the story of the Pony Express, right? Every 10 miles there was a a fresh new horse for that rider to get on and they would ride and ride and ride uh, until the next rider took over and and the claim was that we could get a letter to you faster than any way possible. But it still took hours or days for that to take place. In fact, that's where we get even the thought today that it's one horsepower, right? Why? Because it was how many horses? One horse. That was the fastest way to get there. But if I ask you today, and we were gonna take a letter, again, from New York to Los Angeles, how many of you would choose the Pony Express? Or if I gave you the keys to one of these? Yeah a Lamborghini, right, that has over 1,000 horsepower. Now, could you get that letter from New York to San Francisco at one horsepower per hour on the horse? Absolutely you could, right? You could. But how many think you could take the message faster in that Lamborghini at over 1,000 horsepower? Are you with me? So in the same way, there are things that we can do as followers of Christ, right, that we can take the message, we can take the gospel, our heart can be open, we can be sensitive, but what Jesus was telling the church, what he was telling you and I even today, that I'm going to give you the power of the Holy Spirit that is going to enable you in a greater way than you can do on your own. So we not only get the power that we have in our life as being a follower of Jesus, but God says, but I've got a special endowment of power that I'm gonna give to you. I'm gonna turbocharge your Christian life. Listen, can you do it on your own? Yes, but how many would say, but you're saying that God's got heaven power that can be unleashed in my life to do it? How many say, man, I want that then? And hopefully today I wanna create a spiritual appetite within you. To know about the baptism in the Holy Spirit and to be praying, to be seeking, and to be receiving as much as Jesus gave that command to his followers, that I believe is the command, the, the, the openness is still available for you and I today. To receive the power of heaven through the special endowment of the Holy Spirit to help us to accomplish what He has for our lives today. It's true, the Holy Spirit is a beneficial part of the life of a believer. The Bible says He guides us, He intercedes, He calms, He strengthens. But the same power that God wants to fill us is for our everyday life. God wants us to be operating in the gifts of the Spirit every day. In the things that we miss, that we are sensitive, that the Spirit of God, what, never misses. That we are open for God to use us in some big ways. Let let me challenge the church today. If there is ever a time to be used in the power of the Holy Spirit, listen, today we are living in those days. If there is ever a moment for someone to question again what is going on in the world, that there is not only you and I that know what is going on, but have the power of God to be released to those that are searching and to seeking for what is going on in the world. If you are not fully equipped today as a believer. If you don't have every bit of power that the Spirit of God is making available to you, then listen, you and I need to be passionately seeking the baptism in the Holy Spirit. We need to be after God. I want more. If you've got more available for me, listen, our world is getting turned upside down right now. I need everything that heaven has for me. That's the kind of life I want to live. Church, let's not get comfortable in this life that we are living, but let's be aggressive. Let's be warriors for God, knowing that if there is power, if there is more, then I want what God has so that I can be who I need to be in this day. God, give me your strength. Give me your power to do more. Let me finish today talking to you about the pronouncement of this power. And this is, again, part of this as much as it is seemingly electric or this power that sometimes we fail to understand or or explain what is taking place. The Bible teaches us in the book of Acts that the initial identification of the baptism in the Holy Spirit is that we read in Scripture that the disciples in the upper room were worshiping like we have done today. They were praising God. And in the midst of that, they began to speak in a new prayer language that it was identity for them. This promise that that Jesus told them, don't leave until you receive. Well, how do we know that we have received? Well, the initial that we read in Acts chapter one and two is that as they were worshiping and praising, they began to praise in a new tongue and a new language. The spirit provided a prayer language to the church that communicated God's heart to them and their heart to God. Listen, every believer should be bilingual. Hello? You should not only be able to speak your native tongue, but you should be asking the Spirit to provide this prayer language, this power of the Holy Spirit that connects directly with your heart to His heart. This is how the Bible teaches it to us. Acts chapter 2. That when the day of Pentecost came, and that's maybe you heard the term of being Pentecostal. This is where we get it from. It happened during the Feast of Pentecost. These are all the, all the disciples, this group that had gathered that were followers of him. And suddenly a sound like a blowing of a violent wind came from heaven. It filled this whole house where they were sitting. And they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and it came and rested on each and every one of them. And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. So again, Jesus told his disciples, you have the Holy Spirit with you, but soon, right, don't leave because a time is coming where he will be now in you, this endowment of power. And this is what we read in Acts 2. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit, and they began to speak in this prayer language in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. A lot of people get confused and they get worried or they misunderstand when we talk about this prayer language. The Bible says that in our praise and in our worship that the Spirit of God begins to communicate with us and through us in this heavenly language. Listen, if we could just talk about our earthly lives today, there are a lot of you here today that are bilingual. In fact, some of you, you have jobs that it depends on that. Part of the reason why you are hired, because there are other people in our community that don't speak English very well, and your background enables to connect with them and help them to get what they need. Are you tracking with me? Your job, and nobody thinks that's strange. Nobody thinks that's weird that when you're here, you talk to me in English, but when you go to work, you talk in your tongue to help other people understand the benefits that are available. And so in the same way that as we worship, as we praise God, we recognize we have a native tongue, but God says to us, I have a a prayer tongue. I have a prayer language that helps me to communicate with you and you with me. A lot of people have thought that to be strange, but if it's not strange here in our earthly life, then why would it be strange in our spiritual life? Hello? It is a gift that God gives to us, that identifies us, to use the power of the Holy Spirit today. You see, here's the cool part of your prayer language, is that we don't have to learn it. The Bible tells us that the Spirit of God enables us to be able to use it. He blesses us with us, and all we have to do within our praise is to begin to speak. And we don't have to worry about what it is, it's not our language, it's His language. And He enables us. So again, it's not anything that we have to fear. Why? Because God says, it's a promise that I have for you. It doesn't have to be out of control. It can be used well within the control of who you and I are. Jesus told His disciples that they were going to need it, that it would be miraculous, and that it would be available not only to them, but to you and I today. Now here's the great part of the story that comes next. So we continue to read in Acts chapter 2. So definitely it was strange, because these people were in the upper room and they were praying. And then all of a sudden, the power of Pentecost fell on them. This gift of the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says that they, this group of 120 began to speak in their prayer language. A new, a new language that they had never learned before. And, and there were those that were gathered in Jerusalem at that time attending a feast. They, they were coming from all over. And as they were coming down, the people recognized this is strange. This is not something of the ordinary, because these people were, at the moment, not speaking their native tongue, but as I'll read to you in just a moment, they were speaking the tongue of people that had come from hundreds and hundreds of miles away. That God gave them a language that was either in that tongue or of a heavenly tongue that they had never learned, but it was always communicating a message. It says, now there were those staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews, from every nation under heaven. And when they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment. Listen, we get that. It's something new. It's something different, something we haven't heard before. And because each one had heard their own language being spoken, they were utterly amazed. And they said, aren't all of these who are speaking, aren't they Galileans? How is it that they know our native language? And it wasn't just kind of the proper language. How many know that, that even when you and I move around America, we all speak English, but how many know you can go to different parts of America and realize that ain't English? How many are with me, right? I mean, it's English, but it ain't English, right? We don't talk like that. We don't like, and we have to listen and we have to understand. That's what the Bible is talking about. It, they, it was even the nuance from where they were from. When the Spirit of God baptized them, why? Because God allowed this language to be a sign to people to communicate what was happening in the moment. And God was so great that even in their prayer language for a lot of them, it was able to commute to, to communicate even through an earthly language that they had never learned. Paul goes on to tell us later that these gift of tongues, they can be the words, the, the, the language of men or of heaven. So God assigns them, God gives us to them. We don't know. It's just an ability for you and I that as God fills us with praise, that God gives us an ability to commute, to communicate in the spirit. And I know that over the years, just like as it happened in the book of Acts, I don't want to steer away from, it was somewhat confusing or bewildering when it first happened. And it can still be that way today. You say, Pastor Jim, I, I've been in places where I've heard people talk about their prayer language, another language that sounds strange to me. Well, it sounded strange in the Bible. How many, I just read it to you. They were in bewilderment. But I want to explain to you what that is all about. You see, the world thought that it was a little bewildering when they were filled with the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Listen, until they saw what it had done through those believers. So see, we can't stop in Acts chapter two, because we hear the stories like they were filled with the Holy Spirit and they began to speak in other tongues, in this heavenly language. And for those that were there, it was bemilder. In fact, some even made fun of it. But if you stop right there, that's not the full story. You see, what you and I need to realize today is that from that experience in the upper room, the Bible tells us that Peter and John walked by a lame man who had been lame his whole life, that had been begging his whole life. And in that moment, Peter and John now, filled with this power of the Holy Spirit, said to the man, pick up your bed and walk. And in that moment, that man felt life surge through his body, power his legs, jump up off the ground, and the Bible said that he began to leap and shout because he had been lame his whole life, but in that moment of faith and power of the Holy Spirit for the believer, that gifting that God said, listen, I don't want you to leave without it because it's going to help you do the work of the ministry, they took that immediately, and listen, people weren't laughing any longer. They might have thought it bewildering and confusing when they heard them being filled and praising God in this new tongue. But no one was laughing when they said, pick up your bed and walk. And this lame man his whole life picked up his bed and walked. Hello? And then just a day or two later, because there were massive healings that were taking place by the power of the Holy Spirit, listen, that the disciples had never done before. Jesus was with them, Jesus was in. In fact, Jesus was trying to push them more to the ministry, but he knew they were gonna need another advocate. They were gonna need the power of the Spirit of God. them, And when it came in them, they now went in to stand in the chamber hall of all of these religious leaders. An invitation they would never had been given. And they said to them, explain to us, tell us about this. And supernaturally, the Spirit of God brought the power of the Scripture to Peter and John. And they went on a rant to tell them about this promise from Joel, from Jesus, the power of the Holy Spirit that was going to ignite the church and was going to cause miracles and heal to take place they took advantage of a circumstance in a situation they had never been given before and when they heard of the power of God moving through those people they were not confused any longer but they marveled at the power of God now that was moving through Peter and John they weren't laughing any longer and then in Acts chapter 5 the Bible says that the power of God was now working through these Apostles in such unprecedented ways is that healings were taking place and that there were so many that were coming that people were bringing the sick and laying them out on the street in hopes that if Peter, you know the Apostle Peter that even if he couldn't get to them to lay hands on them or pray with them that just if his shadow would pass by them that the power of God was just kind of moving so much past him that those that were brought and the shadow of Peter would pass over them they were being healed can I tell you, if you have been sick, if you have been diseased, if you have been hurt, uh, if you have been uh, infirm for all those years and simply just the shadow of the man of God goes by you and you are radically healed, can I tell you, you're not going to laugh anymore. It's not going to seem crazy anymore. What? Because I once was lame, I once was blind, but today I jump, I shout, today I look to the heavens and know that God has been my healer today. No one was laughing then. And then, maybe even the greatest in Acts chapter 9, we recognize that there was a man who was a torturer to the church. He was out to kill these that were doing the acts of God, who were, who were ministering under the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And Saul, by name at this moment, had an encounter on the Damascus Road, and God showed up. And here was the guy that was trying to exterminate who was going to be an annihilator to the people of God and God flipped the script and now he became one of the greatest apostles that the church had ever known. That God took an annihilator and caused him to be an apostle and follower of the power of God. Can I tell you, no one was laughing that day either. Is it different Does it sound maybe uh, confusing to you? Sure, absolutely, and we read about it in Scripture. That's no big deal. But listen, when you, again, are filled with the power of the Holy Spirit and God baptized you in fresh fire, can I tell you, people might chuckle at the beginning, but when you start doing the works of God, when you start believing for the giftings of God, when you realize that you're not going to miss opportunities to tell people about the power and love in God, they're not going to laugh then. They're going to be thankful that there were people that were in tune with. The spirit of God—that they didn't leave the room, but they cut everything that God made available to them today. Listen, church, it is a new language, and it might sound different to you. But the power is not in the sound that our mouth makes, just as the hair on Samson's head was not the source of his power. It is seemingly an identifier for you to put your praise in turbo mode and to say, "God, today I want to be filled." overflowing with your presence and your spirit to do the work that you've called me to do, especially in this day like never before. Listen, I'll be honest with you today, church. It's just like electricity. You don't have to know how it all works. You just need to know that if you use it correctly, that you're not going to get hurt, that other people aren't going to get hurt, and that people are going to get helped, and people are going to get healed. And that's what God's power wants to do in your life. Adriel, I want you to bring the band today. I want to just finish with one quick story for you today. In fact, as we close today, I just ask that that your heart would be open as we finish this morning, just in a heart of opening. Again, maybe some of you today have experienced the power of the Holy Spirit, but maybe to be quite honest, that that maybe again, it it has lost some of its fire in you. I want to encourage you today that there is power that heaven has available for you today. Why would we do it without it? Why would, be, why would we be satisfied with one horsepower of power when God has made a thousand horsepower available to us? For some of you, I realize this might be brand new. Maybe you've heard about it. Maybe you don't fully understand it. Maybe somebody told you to stay away from it. But hopefully you can trust in me. You can trust in real life today that I would tell you, I would never teach you anything that would harm you. Only, only that which is here to help that your heart would become open to say, Pastor, I want more of God's power in my life. And that we seek for God to fill us, to baptize us in the power of his spirit. In fact, tonight even more, we'll have time set aside in our worship experience for God to fill our spirits with his presence even more. And if you'll come hungry, I want you to know that God has something big in store for you. God has power, heaven power in store for you today. Sure, it's a little bit different. But when you start operating in the gifts of the Spirit, as heaven unpours on you, let me tell you, no one's gonna think it's different then. They're gonna be grateful. Grateful that you opened up your heart for the power of God. A number of years ago, many of you told some stories over the years that I've had a chance to travel throughout a lot of the world on all types of missions trips. And from time to time there would be some building and construction work that we would do helping churches or schools. And in one particular place that we had gone, we showed up on the job site and oftentimes there are national native workers there and kind of helping us to determine how some of the building standards go in their country and how we can partner, how we can work to make their life better. And I showed up on a job scene and again, I realize that for some of you this will probably make sense, it might not make all sense to you, but, but they were cutting some wood to make forms for some of the concrete that we had to use. And they were using a hacksaw blade, just a hacksaw blade. No handle, no, no full part of the tool, and again, for those of you that don't know, you would never use a hacksaw blade, it's for metal, not wood. So the effort that you would try to, to use this, again, they had their fingers on this very thin blade, just making this sawing motion back and forth to a, a board, literally would have taken them an hour to cut through, but that's all they had. And then we showed up, and we had trunks of tools that we brought with us. And one of our guys pulled out a 24-volt construction-grade DeWalt, cordless, battery-powered rip saw. And he slapped the battery in that thing, and he hit the trigger, and that seven and a quarter-inch wheel began to spin. Can I tell you, the guy holding the hacksaw blade dropped his blade and began to dance and began to shout and to be glad that these gringos brought the power with them. Listen, could they have cut through that board with that hacksaw? Eventually, probably, maybe. But what they realized was that there was power that they didn't have available to them until somebody brought it to them. And the ease and the ability for them to finish that construction project which would have taken days, months, could now be completed in hours or by the end of the day. Why? Because somebody introduced them to the power to help them do the job that was there with them. And so I want you to hold on to that because in the same way, I want you to know that God has power available to every one of us as believers. Listen, you can kind of go through your life and say, hey, pastor, thanks, but no thanks. Listen, that can be your choice today. Or you can hear the truth of the gospel to say, Jesus saying, listen, I've got power in abundance more than you could ever hope or imagine. To help you in this moment of this time to live your life in a bigger, greater way than you could ever hope or imagine.